Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of 321 Endurance. I'm your host, Patrick Wiley, and this is the show where I get to talk to all sorts of interesting and inspirational endurance athletes, literally from all over the world. Uh, man, we're about 16 episodes in right now, and just the uh, the quality of individuals that we're talking to uh, is just blowing my mind, and today is no exception. Today, I'm talking with a gentleman. He's, a, he's an educator. He's a marathoner. He's he's done so many marathons. We're going to get into talking about this. Uh, he's from New York City. Uh, Les Boydu. Les, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Man, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing okay here. I'm, I'm out here in Rhode Island. You're in New York City, right? Yeah, I'm in New York City. Um, currently residing in the borough of Queens, so where people fly into, whether it's JFK, LGA, Queens, that's where I reside. That's it. Awesome. And you, uh, you were just in, in my neck of the woods, right? You were at the Boston marathon, if I remember correctly. Yes. I was just, uh, wow. That feels like it was just yesterday and yep. I was just in Boston enjoying, um, quite an interesting course. <laughs> yeah, it was. So that was my first Boston and you know, I haven't taken off this jacket since I got it. Right. <laughs> like I got to wear it everywhere I go. And uh, man, that course ate me alive. I don't know about you, but it's, I was feeling good for like the first 16 miles. And then once we got into Newton and all those yeah. hills, I was like, Oh my God, how did you do with the race? Um, so I actually, this was my second time doing it. So I kind of knew what beast I was getting ready to tackle on. And, um, prior to the start of the race, I, the way the weekend was going, I just decided to run with a friend who, uh, she wasn't sure if she wanted to, you know, fully take upon the challenge of racing the actual course. So we basically just said, we're going to stick together. We're going to keep it at this pace and we're just going to have fun. And that sounds like my type of marathon. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've, I've really enjoyed marathons much more when I went into it with that attitude and that game plan. Um, I did not go into it with that game plan. I, I was, I was trying to PR and, you yeah. know, I, I was injured at the, you know, got some shin splints in March. Uh, yeah. so, you know, it, you get in your head, right. And, and, you know, if the race is not going the way you want it to go, then it can be a little discouraging, but it's, you know, I'm glad you had a great time out there. You're out there with your friend. That's fantastic. And, um, yeah. you know, this is obviously not the first marathon you've done. Why don't you just really quick, you know, let, let the <laughs> listeners and the viewers know, uh, you know, who's less, boy do you know you've been doing this a while what's what's going on with you wow so i've been running since i would say uh summer fall of 2015 mm -hmm. um so i would say five to six years uh i kind of make i kind of tell people i've been running for roughly five years um and I basically found the sport of running through a friend that basically said, hey, there's a race coming up. There's a party at every mile. Um, back in 2015, the word running didn't exist in my plethora of vocabulary. Um, I was active, but I wasn't running. I would probably go to the gym here and there. Um, I really wasn't paying attention to my physical well-being. I was just, you know, just enjoying life. 
So when he brought it up, you know, uh, this is one of my best friends. I said, sure, let's do it. But at the time, I didn't process race meant like like I'm running an actual race. And it ended up being a half marathon, which I didn't probably realize for like a week into picking up our race credentials and bids and stuff. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, it can't be that bad. 13 miles of partying, cool. But what ended up happening, his terms, his, I guess, knowledge base was the race org was called Rock and Roll. So back on my mind, I'm hearing rock and roll party. Come to find out, it isn't really a party. It's just they play music at every mile. <laughs> <laughs> and so I basically got, I ran a half marathon, literally, like uh, fall of 2015 on minimum training. I think my longest mile or longest run was probably like a 10K. Mm-hmm. And that's even stretching it. It may, it may have been just five miles. So I ended up going to the half marathon and somehow I make it to mile 10. And I'm like, wow, this thing's not over yet. And I was already annoyed because mile one, I'm like, where's the party? It's just a guy playing a ukulele. And I'm like, this is the party. And everybody's like still running. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's a lame party. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, for music connoisseurs, it might have been soothing for the race in getting a PR. But uh, fast forward, uh, I ended up finishing this half marathon. Mind you, I have never ran a half marathon in my life. I've never raced anything in my life. 5K, 10K, one mile. First time running a race was a half marathon with little to no training. Um, After I finished, I was like, wait a second. Let's figure this running thing out. So then the running addiction kind of like started off top of the year in 2016 when I started realizing, all right, I'm going to start getting into the sport of running. And uh, now we're here today. And now, now we're here today. And, you know, you started with that first half marathon. And just looking at your, your Instagram here, you've run 33 half marathons. You've yeah. run 18 full marathons. And you've run three 50K races. Yeah, I jumped into the ultra world uh, pandemic, actually. During the pandemic, I jumped into the ultra world. Uh, a friend of mine actually asked me to pace her on her ultra. And I just ended up doing a 50K because runners just don't know that they know sometimes when they are pacing a friend. So, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't know how to say no, right? Your first race was a half marathon. Yeah, so, yeah. right. <laughs> you yeah, might as well jump into the fire. That's it. I don't. I don't recommend it, but um, it's you know, if you have the endurance, <laughs> yeah, you should be able to um, you know, um, make it work. And I always um, since I always started running, I always like to say walking is running. So I always used to tell myself that. Listen. No matter how fast you're going, if your body's like, take a walk break, regroup, reassess, and go after it. That's it. Yeah. And I, th- I think as runners, we've all been in that spot where we've had to walk in some races, right? You oh, know, yeah. 
I, I'm no stranger to that. I unfortunately had to walk a, a little bit towards the end of the Boston Marathon. Uh, right. My legs blew up, but I, I wasn't going to quit. Right. You, you know, you get no. the thing. Runners don't know how to say no. Runners sometimes don't know how to quit. And, you know, it's yeah. it, it's sometimes a good quality to have and sometimes not not so great. But, you know, these runners, yeah. you know, folks like you and I, we're, I feel like we're resilient. And, and, you know, if there's something thrown our way, you know, we just we get through it. Right. So, yeah. you know, you start with this half marathon in 2015, and I just listed mm. off the amount of races that you've done. Obviously, you know, you're not doing these races for the party, right? Like your friend says, hey, there's going to be a party at this race. Uh, let's do it. There's not a party at every race, maybe afterwards. But, you know, with this amount of races that you've done and these long distance races, why did you decide to keep sticking with running? Why did you decide to figure out this running thing, as you say? I think it became um, a sense of so after running the first half marathon, um, I, I had no knowledge of just distances. I had no knowledge of building up. I had um, I had just started learning about uh, what in New York we call like the urban running community, meaning there's crews, there's teams everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I kind of jumped into, I quickly jumped into like the FOMO thing where runners just sign up for races because everybody else is signing up for it. Mm -hmm. But for me, because I started with the half marathon distance, I kind of wanted to see what I could do if I was in shape. And I realized quickly that Jeez, runners don't strength train often. I need to start lifting some type of weight or doing calisthenics, doing something where I can build muscle. And then I realized the nutrition aspect, which I, it's funny because it took me like over a year, maybe a year and a half to realize that runners actually take electrolytes when they're running. Like I was trying to figure out how do these people have this much energy and endurance while they're running? And it wasn't until later on I realized that every 45 minutes or 50 minutes of running, you should replenish yourself with whatever it is that you prefer to keep yourself going. Mm -hmm. So I became basically a, a student of the sport of running. And um, obviously, um, you learn by doing. So I jumped into the half marathon distance quickly. I know it says I ran 33. I just decided to start finding halves. Mm -hmm. and just signing up for them but what i didn't do is i didn't realize you know there's a training plan you have to train train for three to four months and then you build up to it and then you practice everything you're going to do on race day and training so that this doesn't happen you know and then obviously you see cool medals and then you get dragged into the oh i get to visit a city i've never been to and I keep hearing the best way to see the city is while you're running. Mm -hmm. So I, I jumped into that FOMO aspect really fast. And yeah, the, the races just kept piling up. That's awesome. And yeah, running and, and endurance sports in general really do bring you to all sorts of places. You know, I, I was mentioning to you off camera that I, I haven't been doing this very long. I, I just started a few years ago, but in that few years, I've I've traveled all up and down the East Coast and saw some amazing cities and stayed in amazing places. 
I've run through the mountains in all different states and, and seen all different things because of this sport. Um, you know, not only does it make us healthier, right? I think it makes us better people. Yeah. Um, you know, at least for me, I, I clear my head when I'm out on a run. If, you know, I'm stressed out, you know, the day's not going the way I want it to. I know that if I just go hit that pavement and, right. and bust out a few miles, I'm going to feel way better about life in general. And it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing for, for the mind and for the soul. Um, you know, do you have a crew of people that you run with? I know you mentioned there are a lot of running clubs and stuff in, in New York, um, in your area. So in New York right now, there is, I mean, depending on where you live, there's run crews everywhere. Um, when I first started, I wasn't really attached to a particular crew. Um, I, uh, ironically, I just went and just ran with everyone. So like I would go to Manhattan and run. I would go to the city. I would check out different crews. Then some days I would go to Brooklyn and run. Some days I'll go to um, the Bronx and uh, Staten Island. I don't really, there aren't too many crews in Staten Island. So if you ask a New Yorker, most New Yorkers don't even go to Staten Island unless it's like for the New York City Marathon the day of. So I ran with a lot of crews and obviously Queens. And then um, as years uh, went along, I actually started pacing for... Um, I really wouldn't wouldn't call us a crew. Um, Adidas runners New York City. It's more like a global movement where there's like uh, basically no matter what city you 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 know you visit or frequent around the world, there's a, a group of runners there that you can basically pop up and join. Mm -hmm. So I started pacing for Adidas uh, runners New York City, and then during the pandemic, I connected with a a good friend of mine who actually had his own run crew that I've knew about in year for years called Team WEPA, um, NYC, and Queens. And I just became a co-captain with him during a pandemic. It was just basically like we were just linking up so much during the pandemic to share miles that it just organically just worked out. And so um, I've been co-captain uh, of that for over a year now, and that's been awesome because Queens is like so diverse. Mm -hmm. So you get to basically go through like a cultural immersion whenever we meet. And we normally run on uh, Thursdays um, at 7 p.m. like tonight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's, uh, you know, it, we don't we don't really have that here in, in Rhode Island as much as, as you guys do out in, in, in the big city. Right. Uh, but right. the only. The only one that I've heard of is, uh, and I'm sure you've heard of this too, uh, with Knox Robinson, Black Roses. Yes. You ever yes. get to run with that crew? I've ran with them. So when I first started running, in my eyes, I mean, this is in my opinion, they were like the elite running crew. I was going to say, they're like the elite of the elite, yeah, they right? They like yeah. the elite running crew. And they would do, in the summertime, these pop-ups. Mm -hmm. where they they open it to the urban running community. So I've been to a couple of their pop-ups where um, they do a, basically a, wor a workout. It could be a fart lick. It could be mm -hmm. whatever it is that, you know, Knox Robinson has for the day is, you know, what um, I would, you know, jump in and do. But in terms of, like, running with them on a regular, no. But I have, like, shared miles with that, with the uh, Black Roses. And... I do have some friends that actually uh, run with the roses as well. 
That's cool. Yeah, I, I heard about them through actually through iFit on my treadmill and in, in running with yes. some of the Knox Robinson uh, yeah, runs that he's he does been doing. the voice. He does the voice, and I think he did something in South Africa where yeah, he did. Uh, well, he did. I don't know if he did one in South Africa. He probably did. Um, he did the Kilimanjaro half marathon. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was like one of the longest races that iFit has. And I used that as training before Boston. I was like, oh, this wow. guy's pretty cool. Like, you know, yeah. it, you know, I, I love those iFit things, but it, nothing, nothing beats actually getting out there and, and being outside, you know, wow. um, that's cool, man. And, you know, you're not just a runner though. You have a lot of other things going on. Let's, um, let's talk about run with culture really quick. You're a founder of run with culture. Can you tell us what that is? It's funny because everything just comes back to running. So Run With Culture, I started maybe two, three years ago. Um, and they it's basically a, a bracelet um, company where I sell um, handmade beads that have different mantras, different sayings, different distances on them. And it's funny, ironically, I got into the running bracelets. Um, so for the New York City Marathon, before the actual race on like a Friday, they do what it's called like an opening ceremony. It's like of the Olympics. It's, it's like how the Olympics brings all the countries through and says, all right, these are the countries that are going to be represented for the race. Mm -hmm. So at the ceremony, um, I'm from West, I have a West African background, so I'm from a country. Um, decked out in, you know, my African attire, and I looked over and saw uh, um, a fellow African. I was a girl from Kenya, but she was just dressed with so many beads and bracelets. I literally went over and said, I want one of those. That's so cool. And we ended up connecting. And since then, I mean, I have one on now that you can see that just says 26.2. And this I never take off. I do like this is like a reminder that I have I actually run the marathon distance in my case, according to whatever website, thirty-three times. Right. Uh yeah. um and so people in the community started seeing the bracelets and others inquired. So I was like, you know what? Being that runners people don't realize runners spend so much money on race, like a race weekend. I'm talking, listen, you got to get a finisher jacket. You want to go get recovery things. You want to go get shirts. You want to go get mugs. You want to get hotel accommodations. You want to get your bagels, your PB and J, all the trip, the hotel, the Airbnb, whatever it is. So it's like a $1,500 weekend minimum, you know, people, Failed to realize that um, although the sport of running is technically free, there are expenses that pile up if you race as often as I do, or if you travel as often to other cities to run. For some people, I have friends that just run in their state, like they don't travel outside. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, they're like, like key races that, um, like one of my favorite races is called the Cherry Blossom Ten Miler in dc and i've done that like three times and i always make sure at whatever like the springtime i go down in uh, washington dc it's a 10 mile race i love that distance it's not even about the meadow you get to see a lot of museums on the way the cherry blossoms the course is pretty flat which runners enjoy but that weekend alone you could spend money just getting down there and doing a plethora of things 
Sure. Yeah. So the, hopefully these bracelets are, are offsetting the cost for you, right? Is that the idea? It, it, that's, that's the plan. That's, that's it. And, and, you know, you're also, besides, you know, selling these awesome bracelets, um, you know, you're an educator as well. Is that right? Yeah, I'm an educator. I've been teaching for over 10 years now. I'm currently teaching uh, fifth graders, basically getting them ready for what I call freedom in the universe. Because once they get to middle school, kids are just wild. They oh, learn, yeah. they learn, you know, they're, they're, they're independent. They're figuring out basically right from wrong. And they're basically trying to figure out, oh, you know, what behavior patterns to follow, what their interests are, things they like, things they don't like. So I've been an educator for over 10 years. Um, I started out teaching just regular gen ed kids. And then I went back to school and got a master's in working with students with disabilities. So I work with all types of students that have different disabilities, physical, uh, autistic, dyslexia, just all types of, I've dealt with the majority of just the spectrum as a whole. Wow. Uh, teaching for me, yeah, teaching for me is, although most people say it's like a job or it's like something you do, there are times when it feels like that because, you know, state taxes, you have to get the kids ready to take like a state test or whatever. Mm -hmm. But just the joy of having a conversation or watching someone go from not knowing something to like amaze someone to know more about it is the fulfilling aspect of, of it for me. No, absolutely. And do you, do you see that parallel into the running world too? When you see a new runner join your crew or you, you meet somebody for the first time that just got involved with the sport. Is that, is that a similar type of a hundred percent intersecting? Like, um, uh, for the crew team up on NYC, when we do these runs on Thursdays, I usually volunteer to pace the back of the pack because the best conversations to me happen there. Because most runners, they say, if you're only able to utter one word, then you're running fast. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I'm in it for when it comes to a community run. I like, I like to go to the back of the pack. I like to see how people's days are. You get to basically talk about everything, like how your foot hits the ground. What type of foot striker are you? basically just form technique breathing uh how do you feel is this too fast is this too slow what are your goals mm -hmm. um are you do you are you are you are you are you thirsty are you <laughs> how how is your body responding to this activity called running that we're doing right now or it could just be something simple as a release a meditation there are some of that we don't even have to utter, utter a word, but you can tell just by their form and technique that this is like their their me time, you know? Sure. It's like, I like the mantra, like, better me, better world. So it's like, mm -hmm. I'm being my better self, so the world's going to benefit from this. Absolutely. And I, I like that back of the pack mentality, right? Because I've... I've had these races where, you know, we've, we've talked about going in with the mindset of you're just going to, to enjoy the time with your friends and, you know, right. you're going out there to run the race, not to race the race. Right. Um, 
But sometimes those conversations, they're not just about running, right? Sometimes these conversations evolve into, you know, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I find myself like sometimes spewing very personal information to people that I'm running with sometimes. And, oh, yeah. and not, not because that's the type of person I am, but I feel like the sport makes you very vulnerable and you're sharing in a struggle with somebody physically oh, yeah. when you're running. So I think it makes it much easier to open up to somebody um, on that emotional level or to even to show empathy to somebody who's who's maybe sharing that side of them with you, right? Yeah, I mean, the oversharing happens organically. Um, runners tend to ask open-ended questions anyway. It's not like literal where, hey, Pat, you good? Thumbs up. Okay, that's it. Right. Runners tend to ask open-ended, what are you running next? How do you feel? How do you balance work? How do you balance your training plan? What's your mileage for today? When do you get your speed work done? Are you strength training? What workouts are you doing? Hey, Pat, I have this sharp pain in my IT band. What should I do? Or it could be, hey, I'm looking to get out and see this part of the country. Have you done any races there? Where did you stay? What did you do? Is it kid-friendly? Can my parents come out and watch? Can my siblings come? What did you eat? What did you do? And how was the race? Was it organized? So a lot comes out. And then the oversharing itself comes out because mentally when we're running, we plan a lot. We think about how our day is going. We try and figure out, like, how can I make this better than it was yesterday? Or you think about what you're going to eat or what sports thing is coming on TV or show that you're getting ready to watch. So a lot of things, a lot of oversharing happens. Yeah. And it's it's organically. Oh, for sure. And it's, you know, running, I, I think, allows us to connect on such a human level in a way that's so needed nowadays, especially coming out of the past couple of years and dealing with oh, everything yeah. that we've dealt with. And, uh, you know, we're talking virtually right now, but, you know, being out there sharing a race course with somebody and having that human face to face connection is invaluable. And and I would yeah. definitely encourage and I'm sure you would too, more people to get out there and just even try a 5K or, or, or something like that just to get that experience. Right. Yeah, I like I, I think I said it earlier, walking is running to me. So some people say, oh, I've never ran a race. I'm like, well, have you walked a mile? If you've walked a mile, runners sign up for one-mile races, believe it or not. Right. And for some, they try and do a personal best or personal record, and they want to feel their lungs burn. And to each and, you know, you have your, your athletes that are just data-driven. They want to do better than yesterday. They, they, they look at the number. I ran a 5K in 21 minutes. I want to do it in 20. They go after it. They get the right coaching, the right nutrition. They do all the things they, they are. And then you have others that are like, I just want to be in a better mental state. I just want to lose weight. I just want to change the genetics because high cholesterol, high blood pressure, or high whatever runs in my family. And I want to use the sport of running as a tool to make my my respiratory ready for whatever is to come ahead sure you know yeah no it's you know it's a it's a beautiful sport for for 
all of those reasons and more, right? It's right, it really, right. and you get, you get out of it what you put into it, I think too. So, Oh, hundred percent. Oh and, yeah. You know, there, there's one more thing I want to bring up here bef before we end this conversation, because this is this has been fantastic. You've brought a, a different perspective to the conversation of, oh. of running compared to a lot of the other guests that I've spoken to. Um, your Instagram says you're an educator, you're a marathoner and you're an author. Yes. Let's talk about the author thing here for a second, because we talked about the educating and the marathons. What What are you writing right now? So ironically, so I've been teaching for 10 years and as, as an educator, I don't know what educator I have in it where you're always like, I should write a book one day. Mm -hmm. I should write a book one day or I should do something in the terms of just put words down so that others can enjoy it. So um, for me, also is put there because every marathon is me just narrating how the race is going to go. I said I ran 33 marathons. I can tell you my favorite marathon. I can tell you the experience. I can tell you how it went. I can just dictate that. But since I've been running for five, six years, sometimes uh, runners go out on what we call a long run, right? Mm -hmm. And on long runs, um, the past is fun. Ironically, the past two years, I really haven't been running with music. Like I tried not to run with uh, music unless I'm like in a mood or so so for the past two years since I've been doing the whole no music thing and just running like I've in my mind written several books of like children's books in terms of like like I've done a mommy why do you run like a whole series like a daddy why do you run and then I've done the like I run for you I run for me I run for they you know I've done the whole Mm -hmm. So that's where the author comes up in terms of bio. But like, like I can tell you, I can literally spit out like my favorite 5K race, my favorite 10K race, half marathon, marathon, the experience, and even recently, uh, the ultra world. That's that's amazing. And I really hope we see some of these books in publication. And yeah. when when that's the case, you got to let me know, because oh, I want I want to be able to read those books to my kids. Yeah, definitely. Like um, like so me being in New York, I've ran the New York City Marathon like. Uh, I think this uh, this year would be my fifth time, but I've run it four times, but one of them where it was like virtual. So I don't know if people count virtual marathons. I mean, I do, but um, that's, that's twenty six point two miles. Yeah, you know, that's the only virtual marathon I think I've done uh, because of the pandemic. But like describing the New York City marathon, like the goosebumps and the jitters you feel. Uh, you haven't ran that yet, have you? Not yet. No, it's 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 definitely oh, on the list for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's like the streets are just filled it's it's i mean new york the boroughs are just it's just a, a melting pot of cultures and as mm -hmm. you run by you probably see the funniest signs you see people giving out all types of craziness you you see new yorkers still trying to cross the street even though a marathon's going on <laughs> you see you just see all walks of life and um I mean, New York has a lot of bridges. I mean, the New York City Marathon is my favorite 
um, even though me and you just shared miles in Boston. Um, it is up there as far as like my favorite marathon out of the 33 that I've done so far. Um, but yeah, like that, just me narrating that kind of like how you said you listened to um, Knox on iFit mm-hmm. or whoever it is that you, it's just an experience that makes you want to get up and go after it, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's, that's probably why you have such an awesome community on your, on your Instagram and on your social media, because you have that, that author mentality and you're able to narrate, you know, not just post a picture, but you know, your caption, your captions are a little bit more than, than, you know, a hashtag or, uh, you know, this was hard, right? Yeah. So I, I think in the beginning stages, I mean, for me as a runner, I've gone through my my um my phases where like I wanna be fast, like I've done that already. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've hit I've hit certain PRs that I don't I didn't think I would hit and I'm happy with that. Like I'm okay with it. Yeah. Whereas I have friends that are like, Oh, you could run faster. Oh, if you weren't injured you could do this. Oh, if you weren't you know. And I get it. Some people are just I mean, humans are competitive beings, period. Like you want to do better than your last, mm-hmm. um, you know, you want to get your medal engraved. You want to do X, Y, Z. And I get that. I mean, for me right now in the sport of running, I think I've hit the point where I'm like, all right, if my last name isn't typed out on the bid, there's no chances of me winning money today. <laughs> Therefore, this personal record is just going to be something that I'm going to get to enjoy. There's mm-hmm. no monetization of it. So I think I've hit that point in terms of running. Like if I'm not in the first corral with the elites with my name on the bid, bursting a lung and and, and going crazy to, to hit a time is great. You know, I go for it because, you know, it's everyone has what everyone has something that they're in it for. But I think for me, for now, for running, I'm more in the um I want to finish healthy. I don't want to finish banged up. And surprisingly, like, um, like, like I'm, I'll be shocked sometimes of like the times like that'll come up. Like, I think during the pandemic, like I ran my fastest marathon with little to no training, and that was like shocking, you know. Mm-hmm. So you'll be surprised what um happens. And I think recently I've been doing. So since I started running, I tried to do a run streak. Run streak meaning you run every single day. It doesn't matter the distance. At, at least a mile, right? At least a mile. Mm. So uh, December 2021, uh, the crew I'm co-captain with started something called 3 for 31. You run at 5K every day for 31 days. Mm-hmm. So I did that all of December. January 1st came. I'm like, like, do you really want to be that guy that takes the day off because you just ran a 5k every day in December when everyone wants to be at the top of the leaderboard because everyone has you know runners have apps you want to be you want your name to be at the top so I kept the streak going and then eventually I almost missed the streak just because of runners traveling to like another place to run so I only had time to run a mile before heading to the airport so I say to say I'm still run streaking since mm-hmm. December 1st, 2021. And yeah. I don't even know what day I am on now, but I've been, this is the longest since I've been running where I've been running at least a mile every day. Wow. And don't get me wrong. 
there are days where like I've walked a mile and turned on my watch, like my smart, my, my Garmin or whatever to count it. Cause I believe walking is running cause it's movement. Mm-hmm. It's a verb. You're mm-hmm. it's action. So that's like, that's like the enjoyment of, that's where I am in this, the, the endurance part of it in terms of like, I've been run streaking since December 1st and I haven't missed a day yet. And there was one day at the airport where I think like, it was about to be midnight and I had like 10, I had like 10, 12 minutes cushion. And at the terminal while I was waiting for the Airbnb, I mean, for the like lift or ride share, I literally ran back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. So I got like 9.8 and then I just rounded it up and got the miles. So oh, that's awesome. That's where I am in terms of the endurance part of, of running right now. No, that, that's cool, Les, because it sounds to me like you've found contentment in running and, and not necessarily running for the PR, running for the clock, but running for yourself and your health. And, you know, now, now you're run streaking and that that's amazing. And, you yeah, know, it, I, listen, a- I, I have my moments though. There are moments where we're humans, we're competitive. You want to mm-hmm. be, you want to go for that personal best. And I, right now I feel like there's no such thing as a perfect race as just being prepared. Mm-hmm. I always, I go like as an educator, I go with the five P's it's proper preparation prevents poor performance. So for me, are your five Ps aligned? And if it's not less, it's okay. Just go at it, give it your best. And sometimes you do get that personal record. You look at the time and you're like, oh my goodness, you know? That's I'm gonna have to borrow the five Ps from you if you don't proper, mind. Proper proper preparation prevents poor performance. And for runners, it's do you stretch before you run? Do you stretch after? For me, I stretch better when I'm in a group setting. If I go out for a run today by myself, the warm up is going to be quick and the cool down stretch is going to be even quicker because I'm going to want to like shower and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, are you stretching? Are you eating right? Are you properly hydrating? Are you, I don't know. Like, I think for me, I found later on, like my third or fourth year running that, all right, coconut water works exceptionally well for me on race day somehow. So, if you see me back and if I'm in Rhode Island or if I'm in your neck of the woods and I'm running by Pat and me some coconut water and you're, I got getting, you, Les. <laughs> you're getting an, an exceptional performance. And then obviously strength training, like, are you, what are you doing to build yourself up in terms of uh, something to balance the sport of running with? Are you cycling? Are you lifting weights? Are you doing, I don't know, crunches, pushups? And that's something that I'm still trying to work on now and figure out in terms of a regimen that works. Well, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing is, this is a lifelong process, right? And, you know, we just have to get a little bit better every day. We don't have to conquer the world in in a week or in a month. You know, this is a lifelong thing. And man, I I just want to thank you so much for, for taking some time out of your busy day to, to share your wisdom. Uh, Oh yeah your running wisdom that you've collected since 2015 and the ridiculous amount of marathons and half marathons that you've done. Uh, really appreciate you coming on Les. Uh, I I hope to share some more miles with you on some races down the road. Uh, yeah, for sure. Let's, let's stay connected. Uh, and 
you know, if you're ever ever in this neck of the woods, hit me up for a run. I'll, I'll supply the coconut water and we'll be good to go. <laughs> I'll take you up on that offer. Yes, sir. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That's Les Buedu. Uh, Man, what a wealth of knowledge and wisdom he has on the sport of running. I uh, want to encourage you guys to check him out on Instagram at Les underscore runs. Um, you can uh, from there, you can click all of his links to check out the bracelets. And he also hosts his own podcast called Monthly Mileage Talks. Uh, so the links to that and his bracelet business are all on his Instagram at less underscore runs. Uh, and that does it for today's episode, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. And until next time, we'll see you on another episode of 321 Endurance. 